Welcome to Makers Chat, a podcast community for creatives. I'm your host, Danielle Kaminsky, artist, maker, and educator in South Carolina. If you are a creative business owner, then you're in the right place. This episode is part of a special five-week series with our special guest, Hillary Kay, business coach and Enneagram expert. We believe that the Enneagram is more than a personality test. It is an amazing tool that we can use to not only better understand ourselves, but to better understand those around us. We'll begin each episode one-on-one with Hillary herself as we deep dive into each type, and then we'll chat with a creative who has used the tool to see how it has helped them in their business. So let's jump right in. So welcome back, you guys. This week, we're going to be talking about our type fives on the Enneagram diagram. And we're back with business coach and Enneagram expert, Miss Hillary Kay. How's it going, Hillary? Good. I am absolutely so enjoying this series and going through all the nine types. I could talk about the Enneagram all day, every day, and I, in fact, do. So this is just, this is fun. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So talk to us about the type five. Um, Tell us what we need to know about their motivations, their fears, and how that's going to show up in their work. Absolutely. Um, So the type five is known as the investigator. Um, They are also known as like the forever student or maybe even the professor. They just have that very um, desire to learn (laughs) all the time. They crave knowledge Um, and that leads right into their core motivators, which is being competent and being capable, being smart and knowledgeable. Um, their core fears are they do not want to be helpless. Um, they do not want to be known as like not having the answer. Um, and so because of that, their strengths are that they are very focused um, in their work. They're always like the expert in their field. They're really good problem solvers, um, but they're also very introverted because they are very in their heads. Um, They're a part of the head um, intelligence center. So the Enneagram is broken up into three intelligence centers, head, heart, and body. And type five is in the head center. And so they do a lot of how they process information and take action and make decisions is all very much in their head. So because of that, they are one of the more introverted um, types. Um, But that is not to say that all fives are introverted. Um, We, this leads perfectly into making sure if you are a type five listening to make sure you don't only focus on your core type, but the other connection types that you have within the Enneagram diagram. Um, So the type five has two wings, just like how all the other types do. They have a wing four and a wing six, and they can pick up some of those um, attributes from either type to help them in their journey to health and integration. Um, And they also have their lines of integration. So their lines of health and stress, Um, a type five, actually both of their um, lines of health and stress are more extroverted types. And so that's really a good, some good indicators for type fives on, on where they're at. So 
when a type five is healthy, they go to a type eight and pick up those more healthy, good attributes of the type eight, which is being like having that commanding presence, like owning yourself, owning your knowledge, being confident in what you know, right? So that goes into their core motivator of being capable and competent and not and knowledgeable about a topic. Um, and then type fives, when they are stressed or headed toward burnout, they go to a type seven. Um, and type sevens, we'll get into this in later episodes, but they are like multitaskers supreme. Well, for a type five, who their biggest strength is being focused, um, when they notice that they are all over the place, right? If they are have a lack of direction or are feeling um, scattered or um, are very easily overwhelmed, that's a good sign that they're in burnout. Sevens can handle all that stuff great. Fives cannot. And that is why that's kind of those indications that if you're exhibiting those attributes of a seven, that a five, you might be headed into burnout or stress. Yeah, that's awesome. I um, personally, the type five is the hardest for me to understand. And I'm sure it's because of where I sit on the diagram that it's just hard for me to tap into that. So I do love hearing more about it for sure. So tell us about, you know, about those strengths and how that can play out as a superpower in business for a type five. Absolutely. So type fives, and, and I'm going to be honest, when I started coaching in the Enneagram, a type five was the last person that I had the opportunity. Like I had gone so long. I can't remember how long it was before I coached a type five. Um, because, and, and that is because they are so reserved. Um, and type fives are sometimes hard to spot because they get confused (laughs) with other types and, and they don't like drawing attention to themselves. And that's probably another reason, um, why, but type fives, because they are so that they are in their head, they are so focused, they become experts. So whatever they do, it is going to be, I mean, incredible um, because they put all of their energy into a few things, right? So um, when they pick like type fives don't have lots and lots of hobbies or lots and lots of skill sets, they hone in on two or three skill sets and are very focused. So, you know, if you are getting work from a type five, it is going to be impeccable. There is not going to, they're going to know so much about their craft and trade that, you know, it's just, that's how it's going to come, come out, come, you know, come out into the world is just so well done and so well thought out. Um, and because of this, they're very good problem solvers within their specific niches, right? So if someone's having a problem within their space, they're going to be the person that you go to to help you solve the problem because they know so much about it. Yeah. Awesome. And then what, what are some of the messages that a type five might get either from the people around them or their customers? you know, or really, I guess, anyone in their lives that would be an external indicator or red flag that they're headed towards burnout? 
Sure. Um, maybe you have, it looks like you have your eggs in too many baskets. <laughs> um, it looks like you're super distracted and like, you're not like your normal, like composed self. Like, is there something going on? Um, type fives don't make eye contact normally in conversation. That's like a communication, um, uh, nonverbal cue. Um, I was trying to look for the word there. It wasn't coming, but a, a, a nonverbal cue of a type five is they don't make good eye contact normally, but when they are stressed out or headed to burnout, their eyes will be darting instead of just kind of like looking in one place for a type five, their eyes will kind of be all over the place. They will seem very distracted. And so a type five you know, if someone is used to them and say, gosh, you're, you know, you seem distracted. Like, are you okay? Like, that's a really good indicator for a type five that they need to get back into center. So that distraction really mm -hmm. is what's going to be the, the thing for yep. them. Yep. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Thank you again, Hillary. You're so welcome. For more from Hillary, you can follow her online on Facebook and Instagram or head over to her website, hillarykay.com, H-I-L-L-A-R-I-E-K-A-Y.com. And right now, you can pre-order her new book, Unlock Your Potential at Work. And everyone who pre-orders their book before December 3rd is actually entered in a drawing for a free one-hour call with Hillary herself. So head on over through the links in our show notes and get your hands on that today. Now let's talk to this next creative. So we are here today with my friend Sarah Loxley with Wildflower Relics. She has a booth inside Vintage Warehouse of Spartanburg. So we know each other fairly well, and I can't wait for you guys to get to know her today. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. Hey, so uh, you guys may have seen if you're in the Makers Chat community on Facebook or just, you know, following me on social media multiple times. I was putting it out there that I was looking for a type five for this series, and that was the hardest type for me to find. So finally, um, Sarah stuck her toe out there and she was like, I'm a five. <laughs> And we were just talking about the fact that there's not a whole lot of fives in the creative community. Um, why do you think that is? So I don't know a ton about the Enneagram. Like I've dug into it like a little bit and being a type five, learning about it is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, type fives are known as the investigator. Um, I would have made a great PI in another life probably. <laughs> um, so I think a misconception is that a five is like a nerd type. So for me, it's not um, like the learning aspect. It's more like the digging and the why um, into stuff. Um, fives, you know, you have a wing of a four or a six. And so my wing is a four, which I think is what leans it into that kind of creative world. Um, one thing I read when I was learning about my type was it's kind of the difference between the arts and sciences when you're talking about like education. So if you lean towards a six, you're kind of more of that, I guess, brainy five. Yeah. Where if you lean four, you're more of that creative five, I guess. Yeah. That's why I took it. So that makes sense. That makes sense. I know um, the you know, they give monikers to both of those and the five wing four 
is called the philosopher because Mm -hmm. it's more it's like you said it's less it's thinking it's logic but it's more on a thinking about the beauty of the world and and how right like you said the why like getting at the the meat of things and stuff so like I am so my full-time profession I work at a bank but I am not a math like person like I'm not a numbers person which a lot of people would think a type five would be um for me it's more the digging into stuff that I need to get whatever it is accomplished yeah um and just knowing like um as a kid I was bad about I wanted to know how to do something I would figure it out and as soon as I knew how or the why I was over it like I was done like you want to learn how to do this fine I learned how to do it like okay let's move on like what's next I'm good now that's all I needed (laughs) so with the five you've got the the seven and the eight um for your wing or for your connection points have you done a lot of looking into that do you so I'm an eight like when on the scale Mm -hmm. um I pull eight um I am very direct um I will give my opinion um and there's a kind of a joke like you better be prepared for it if you ask or what you think um I'm also like super protective which I don't know that that comes from an eight but I will stand up for someone in a heartbeat absolutely yeah that's definitely a characteristic of an eight and that's all good stuff because the connection point there that's the helpline for the five so I mean those when you're healthy and you're in a good place and you're working towards self-awareness, that's what you go to is that confidence and that kind of protector vibe that you're talking about. So that's all good stuff. Yeah. Do you feel like, so on the opposite side there, then you go to the seven, you know, when you're stressed out and you can become more scattered and just kind of all over the place. Does that feel accurate for you? It does a little bit. Like um, when I'm super stressed, I I kind of feel like I pull a little ADD. <laughs> like, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to focus. Um, fives are known to overanalyze. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that definitely happens when I stress. Um, you know, recently I ran into a thing with um, my business where I was like selling out of inventory. <laughs> And I immediately started to panic and stress over like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, how do I not have this happen again? Um, So that kind of freakiness and then running into, okay, making to-do lists, task lists, and just analyzing the entire situation to a point where you don't get anything done. Yeah. But then my mind's also over here, like being distracted. So I don't have to solve the problem. Right. Um, I guess that kind of answers that question a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, I exactly. too much into yeah, love it. Um, and of course, you know, we all know selling out is a great problem to have. And tell me, I, I mean, I could, I could tell you my opinion, but I want your opinion. How do you see like being a type five, having those characteristics? How do you see that playing out in your creative business? Or do you feel like you see that playing out in your creative business? So I definitely see it out like I um, studied business management and marketing. So I kind of always had that 
kind of brain, I guess, for operating business. Kind of always knew I wanted to operate a business. Um, being that I like to dig into the process on things, I think helps me in that way. Like, I remember when I wanted to join the vintage warehouse and meeting with you and be like, okay, how do I do that? What's that process? Like, I needed to know A, B, C, D, what do I need to check off to get this done? Right. And then digging into it. Um, and then with the process of like refinishing furniture, which is what I do, um, that process, okay, if this worked really well, I'm going to stick to that process on every piece. And if I run into one where it doesn't work, okay, why didn't that work? what was different was there something different um and kind of go from there so does it really frustrate you when you can't find a solution oh my god like that's one thing about a five that I will say is a hundred percent true being seen incompetent or not being able to solve the problem and find the answer drives me absolutely insane yeah Absolutely. And you and I recently talked, it was you and I recently talking about yeah. a piece that the top just like, it, you couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. Oh yeah. It did did it you ever again. figure that out? Nope. It did it again. I still can't figure it out. I've moved on to other pieces and it's been perfectly fine. And I'm like, I don't understand like what made it fall apart but with the amount of layers of paint and primer and all the detail that went into making sure it was prepped and ready. I'm, I'm baffled by it so I that's one of those I have pushed it aside let's regroup and move on yep well that's good that you did that because I would imagine that that might be hard for some folks to especially if you tend to spin out and be like I've got to figure this out I could see getting hung up on that you know that's one thing as a creative you kind of have to know when to stop because at some point you find the imperfections in whatever project is you're working on, whether you're painting a canvas piece or working on a piece of furniture, you kind of have to know logically, okay, like this is done. Like you don't need to do anything else to it. Yeah. Or if it's not working, okay, we need to stop, move on, come back to it or just move on from it in general. Yeah, absolutely. So what are, you said that you have the four wing of course, it's a creative business and that, you know, the four looking for the, the individual, the artistic kind of qualities, but is there anything else from that four wing that you feel like pulls into not just your business, but your personality, what you like to do, what inspires you, that kind of thing? I mean, I haven't dug into the wing part so much. Like I know that's the individualist. I've always kind of leaned that way. Um, one thing with fives, like we like alone time. We like a small group of friends. Um, I think fours are a lot like that. Like they're free spirits, but they're not that necessarily like social butterfly. Um, you know, they kind of just go with the flow. Um, you know, I have a plan for everything. Like, a, like my mind mentally is like, okay, if A happens, B, C, and D are going to result, right? Yeah. Um, the what if, but then the free spirit of the four is also like, yeah, whatever. Like I have those moments too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it'll be okay. It's fine. Well, that's good. That's a good balance. <laughs> it's a hard balance. 
I can imagine that. That makes, yeah, I can imagine that. So tell us a little bit. So we're talking about the fives and stuff and we'll, we'll come back into that in a minute, but you've, you've never been on the podcast before. Some of my guests have. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your business and what you do and why you started doing it. So I own Wildflower Relics. Um, it is a vintage business, you could say. Um, I refinish and paint furniture. Um, but I also do like home decor, like collectibles or like odd oddities, I like to call it, you know, um, like Super 8. You can't really call that a home decor item, but, you know, it's a neat thing to have. Um I got into it, I guess, at a kid and didn't really, like, understand that that's what was happening. Um, I spent a lot of time with my mom and my grandmother. My mom and I would get in the car, ride around, look at houses or go in antique shops. And somehow through all that, I absorbed a lot of information (laughs) and it stayed there. Um, As I got older and started doing more creative stuff, I was like, oh, I can do that. Um, I would come in the vintage warehouse and see painted pieces, done pieces, and like, I could totally do that. And so I started doing it for myself. Um, Friends and family were like, oh, like, you should keep doing it. Um, I got a lot of encouragement a couple years ago to actually, like, go for it. Um, So I did. Yeah. We're so glad you did. You do a good job um, painting furniture. You you have a very polished style right. and it, I mean, it always turns out great. And I'm sure there's a lot of that five in that, that it's like, okay, this is how I want to do it. And I'm following these steps because I figured out this is how it works. And yeah. it always looks great though. Yeah. I, um, I'm kind of a stickler for when I find something I like, I stick to it, whether it's in being artistic or, I'm definitely that person you look in my closet. I've got a black pair and a brown pair of the exact same shoes. I've got, you know, a dark wash and light wash of the same jean. Like if it works, there is a method to that madness. So when it comes to the furniture pieces, I try to pick things that are timeless, but slightly quirky. Like I don't want to take away from the history of it at all, or even sometimes the damage, you know, like that damage is what tells the story. Um, And I think that story is kind of what appeals to my five personality of like, why, why is that burn mark there? Like, what did they do? Um, Or why is that chip there? You know, how did that dent get in the side of it? Um, Do I want to fix that? Like, I think they just really don't care of it, or do I think there's like a story history behind it? Yeah, that's a lot of fun, and that's yeah, that sounds like that perfect marriage of the five and the four there, where it's like digging into it, but also like trying to find the thing that's different, the thing that's a little quirky, you know, that's that's cool. Yeah, so how often then, because you know, since you are the researcher, right? So you like to, to dig into things to learn, you like to learn new things, I would imagine. Yes. How often do you try something new, like a new technique or a new paint line or a new just whatever? So I feel like I'm constantly keeping my eye out. Okay, like what worked for this person? Or like, oh, I really like their finishes. What do they do that might be different than what I do? 
Um, if anything, sometimes I get reassurance that I'm doing it the same way. Um, or I'm like, oh, I've never thought about doing it this way. Um, like I found a really cool technique for applying um, sealer, like when you're using like a polyacrylic. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a really hard thing to get a smooth finish on, not have brush strokes or spray marks. Um, and so I found this technique and I tried it. I was like, oh my God, it works. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those, like you just kind of keep your eye out and find a piece where you think, okay, I can try this on that. Um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And then you're like, well, at least try. that's that four words. Like at least try. You know? <laughs> tried. It didn't so work. So I'm more like, <laughs> why didn't that work for me? But it works for them. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Are there other things, whether it's in your job or like with your family or something where you can see that kind of playing out? I think so. Um, like my job at work is a lot of like my full-time job. Like mm -hmm. it's a lot of research and like digging into stuff and having to like, how do I fix this for this client? Or we need to find this. Um, if I know of a method to do it but then I'm like well we have this system out here I wonder if I could get what I need there you know like it works a little bit differently um but definitely like kind of the same mentality yeah that's very cool so as a five then you're in the head center very logical and that's I like to talk about intelligence centers just because it's fascinating to me um because we all are truly not only do we have different motivations but like literally process our thoughts completely differently so I'm yeah. over in the feeling center and so for me everything is like constantly worried about other people I'm worried about how people feel I'm worried about how I feel but like you're in the thinking center and like you said earlier your your big concern is is confidence like that that idea that like I know what I'm doing kind of thing yeah. um knowledge is power so to speak yeah so what's it like? For, I'm just always curious when it's someone that thinks differently than I do. Like, what's that thought process for you? Because I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I think that you just don't care what anybody thinks. We all care to some extent. But it's a different thought process, I would imagine. Like, it why really, do you care what other people think? <laughs> right. So um, I have always kind of been known and like had that opinion. Like, I could really care less if somebody likes me or not do I care whether or not somebody finds me like respectful or has respect for me and what I do and things like that? Yes. Do I care what your opinion of me is? No. Like you're either going to like me or not. I don't have to be your best friend, you know, but I can get along with someone. I don't have to have the same opinion as you. Um, I think that people struggle with because it comes across as being kind of um detached you know I'm not someone that's gonna get all of a sudden like um lovey-dovey like oh my god let's be best friends like <laughs> when I first meet someone yeah um I want to get to know you um I will have respect for you from day one but at the same time like I don't I don't have to get to know you on such a personal level I don't have that need to get to know someone on a personal level that's also a hindrance I think especially in being in a creative world 
you know, like one thing I said to you when I came to Vintage Warehouse was like, I want to be more involved, right? Well, that's also very hard for a five to do. Like a five is more about, I don't want to say being alone, like, but they're fine with being alone. Like, I don't need to come to the group meeting and socialize with everybody, but I should because <laughs> as a part of the like community and like, there's a part of my brain, like with the four that I think wants that, but with the five, it's a little easier to kind of detach, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I guess maybe the question of, well, why do I need to do that? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. well, what am I going to get from it? Yeah. You know, um, and I've always been that way, though. I feel like, like, if I look back now, you know, Enneagram talks a lot about looking back at your, like, the child. Yeah. So if I look back at how I was a child, like, I remember being that kid on the playground, sitting under a tree, like, talking to myself and my thoughts. Like, I wasn't the kid reading the book, like, the book nerd. Like, I could care less about reading the book. Um, but I was that kid who was sitting there thinking, like, I wonder why that flower grows that way. Like, I wonder what made that tree root do this. And I was perfectly fine to sit out there by myself. And do yeah. That. So, and that's so kind of me. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that though. Like to be able to just like be yourself and be comfortable in your thoughts and, and, you know, just be comfortable with yourself. And like you said, people don't have to like you just for the sake of liking you it doesn't bother you one way or the other you just want right. to make sure your big thing I guess is you don't want people to have an ill opinion of you because of something that maybe you didn't do that you feel like you should have like right or being misunderstood yes. fives and eights so like pulling back to the eight mm -hmm. I think they're misunderstood a lot because the five can be so detached and then the eight can be so direct I mean, I was told at a young age, think before you speak, because my opinion would come out and as kind hearted as I meant it, people didn't always take it that way. Yeah. Um, I think that's one thing with Enneagram, like reading tidbits about the different types, like, okay, that's why that person got offended. Or, you know, like, um, I'm also one of those, like, if I dish it out, I can take it just as direct you're not going to offend me I don't take things personally that way um now if I find myself being misunderstood that I will take personally so I have learned to communicate I mean and the type of full-time work I do I come into contact with clients and co-workers on a daily basis there's always like a human interaction and so if I ever feel like I'm communicating in a way where I could be misunderstood, I start off by saying, now, I'm not meaning this in a personal way, or, um, you know, when I'm trying to explain or teach you about something, this is where it's coming from. You know, I'm yeah. just trying to help you. Um, I feel like I have to, you have to explain that a lot as a five. Um, and if you're a self-aware eight, I feel like you have to explain that a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I think, and it's funny because in that same regard, 
I think it's because of us folks over in the feeling center because we get our feelings hurt, right? So we're the ones that you're having to protect. And I, I feel bad about that, but I was telling someone- Why is Sarah talking to me like that? I <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, one thing, even, even like for me now, because I just always thought everyone was like that. So then as an adult, you're learning more about how people process and, but for me, especially then learning about the Enneagram and even understanding that everyone was different. We had different opinions. We could all be different people. Like I've always understood that. Don't get me wrong. But that idea of the, the intelligence centers where you're either a feelings oriented person or a body oriented person, or like a head thinking oriented person. Once I started kind of processing that, it was like, oh my gosh, like it's not just that we're all different. Like we very literally all think very differently and process very differently. Um, And as a people pleaser, you know, that was actually very freeing for me because it finally helped me understand that, okay, it is literally impossible for me to make everyone happy. And I imagine, you know, for most people to even think that way, to be like, oh, okay, well, if they get their feelings hurt, that's not on me, because that has nothing to do with me. That has to do everything to do with them and how they process things. That used to be a mantra with me, like, as I was, I would say, like, a teenager and, like, getting into my early 20s, you know, teen years are rough anyway. Yeah. Um, And so I had to tell myself one day, it is not me, it is them there there is something about them that is not communicating here because I don't know how else I can explain this I don't know how else to get on board with this person or even if they were having a bad day like being an emotional person mm-hmm. and if they if I, if I ever felt they were taking something out on me I had to kind of take that step back and say okay wait there's no reason for me to get upset. I'm not going to take their reaction to me personally. There's something going on like with them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. I love that part of the Enneagram personally. <laughs> it's like, Oh, cause it, it's not just about, I mean, it is about understanding yourself, right? We all want to be the best person that we can be, but understanding other people so that we have, I don't know. It's just like a freedom to be more ourselves and understand that it's okay if everybody's not along for the ride on this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So what else? Do you have any other insights into a type five that like things that you wish other types knew about you or things that you always feel like, I wish I could explain to somebody that this is how I think or process. Um, We are actually, or for me anyway, um, I always try to be like a very like loving, loyal person, which fives, like, I don't feel like it gets recognized so much. Like it gets stuck on that kind of knowledge base kind of, um, trait of ours, but like, I have a very small group of friends, but I have been friends with these people. I mean, one of my friends, we've been friends for almost 30 years. Um, we live two states away from each other. We've lived in different countries from each other. But if they called me tomorrow, I would drop what I was doing in heartbeat. Um, because I think fives don't need that interaction daily. 
with a group of friends. You know, I know people that they go on girls trips and big group dinners and parties and stuff. I don't need that. So it makes it come across like we're not caring. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and being the detached kind of, I don't care what you think of me. We're not seen as being sympathetic. I'm very empathetic. Like I can relate to whatever it is you're going through on an empathetic level. I will not probably show sympathy as much as maybe you would. Um, And so I think that trait, like that kind of caring trait gets hidden and forgotten. It's there. It's just shown in a different way. We're not cold-hearted people. You're not demonstrative. You're not super demonstrative with your feelings, but they're there and they run. You're there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, totally get that. And you know, for the five, even even if you have the four wing, and that's where you tend to lean, um, right. you know, you're still the your other wing is the six. And my thing, and a lot of times when people take the test and stuff, you know, it tells you this is your type and this is your wing. Some people yeah. don't have a wing. You know, some people are just so solidly in their type they don't have that. But I feel like more often even than that, you may have tendencies more towards one wing but you touch the other one too. And, you know, the six right. is the loyalist. Yes. So being next to that and having that, and you know, that your friends are really important to you, whether you're being super demonstrative about it or not, those right. are the people. Um, I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with that. And again, yeah. you know, that intelligence center that you share with the six, that makes sense that that would be the deep connections there, even if it's not super. Right. I mean, the connections I have with like my friends and family are on a very deep level. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, and I have a ton of like what I would call acquaintances, like I consider them friends just cause I don't talk to them every day. doesn't mean, you know, we're not friends. Right. Um, but that can kind of that disconnect that antisocial, um, like loner, like I would be perfectly fine to come home and sit in my room and watch a movie or, you know, whatever, um, cuddle with my dog, <laughs> maybe eat some dinner, but, um, yeah, and that whole, um, cold heartedness, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I know that this is out of your comfort zone and I appreciate so out you. Of my- I think we talked about that a while ago like um talking about myself is not a strong suit I can talk to you about my process what I do but having to talk about myself on like a a personal or emotional level is very outside the box (laughs) well I appreciate you doing it because you know and honestly it's maybe the types that we're least familiar with are the types that I want to learn the most about because I'm like, okay, so these are the people if I, you know, they're the most different from me. So they're the ones I want to learn the most about so that I can have those healthy relationships. So when I think learning about people in general, like I think that Enneagram is a great way to kind of identify who those people are in your life that you maybe don't realize, oh, that's why that person or that's why I connect with this person this way. Um, but learning about the people that you kind of are um, opposite sides of the spectrum with 
I think really kind of helps bring out kind of strengths in yourself and like learn a little bit more about yourself. I mean, I've got friends that are way more on like the emotional side than I am, but we kind of balance each other out. Um, you know, I can rein them back in with the logical, like, okay, focus on the task at hand. <laughs> um, whereas they like are more like, hey, let's go do this. Like the more spontaneous part. So you kind of got to balance it all out. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for letting me do it. Like I like messaged and I was like, okay, how's this going to go? <laughs> I so appreciate it. I'm excited to have you in here with me. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Danielle. That's all for this week's episode of Makers Chat. We cannot wait to share more with you about the Enneagram in coming episodes. Just remember to check out our show notes for links to learn more from Ms. Hillary Kay, to get on the list for her book launch. And of course, if you haven't already joined us on Facebook inside the Makers Chat community, please go ahead and do that. That's where you can go for deeper conversation to connect with not only the creatives that are here in the podcast, but other creatives just like you in our community. You guys have a wonderful day and we'll talk again soon.